This week on Inside Motorsport, Tony Wickblock continues his chat with Roberto Moreno. I hope you can stay with us. On this week's show, Roberto Moreno talks about his IndyCar career, how it came about, and how he moved to Gallus Racing in 1985. But it wasn't a straightforward transaction. I put myself back in shape in, at the end of 84. I was ready for Formula One in 85. And Rick was trying to hire me. I said, Rick, I finally was able to touch the road to Formula One again. And there's a situation at Tolman that they want me. But I kept delaying things with Rick. And then at one point, Rick said, look, I've got to sign somebody. He signed Jeff Brabant. So that's it, Wayne went. And then a couple of weeks later, Tolman decided they weren't going to race because they didn't have any tires. They had changed from Pirellis to Michelin in the middle of 84 for Senna. And Michelin pulled out of racing. Goodyear wasn't going to supply them and Pirelli didn't want to either because what they've done to Goodyear before. So I tried, tried, tried and didn't, gain, didn't get a, a seat. When I call Rick Gallas, he says it's too fucking late. <laughs> so that was the end of it. And then I spent a couple of months on the phone trying to get fine drives. What's his name? Kawamoto. The, he was the head of um, research and development for Honda. He heard from Toronac that I didn't have a drive for the following year. And he called me up and said, Roberto, do you want to drive? I said, sure, I need to drive. Okay, wait. So he called the team in, in, in Japan, Moto Moriwaki team, yeah. Nova Engineering, and he, say, he, he convinced them to put the spare car, which was a one-year-old March, for me to drive the rest of the season. And he supplied the engines for the team. So he got me going somehow in Japan. I then found a good guy in Europe called Keith van der Graint, who had put a Formula 3000 team together in Europe and he was able to make me, to put me to, to race two races. So I was trying, to, I was racing Japan to make money and then found a couple of races to do in Europe because that's what I really wanted to do. And then Rick Gallas calls me up and said, Roberto, oh by the way, they, he, hired, he hired Jeff Brabant and then he tried to put another car for me I delay him further, and then he signed uh, Pancho Carter. Calls me up and say, Pancho cannot drive road races. He has a hip problem. Would you do the road races for me? I say, sure. So I was driving, I was flying between Japan, America, and Europe in one year. Wow. It was exhausting, but I was making a living out of it. Yeah, yeah. So that's how IndyCar came. And then, after I'd done all the road races, he hired me for a full season in 86. My engineer was Gary Anderson, and uh, we, I helped him to develop the shock absorbers for Penske. What became Penske Shocks, yes. it started with my idea to develop shocks. Jeff Ryan, who works at Gallus, was in charge of that, and I was working with him, and that became Penske Shocks in the future. So. <clears throat> I worked with Gary for a year. I made enough money to go back to Europe. Because my problem is I never had money to do anything. So now I had money for, to survive. I say to Gary, I want to go back to Europe. Oh, really? A team that I know wants to do a race in Birmingham in a couple of weeks 
If you want to go there, they will, they will um, take you. So Gary arranged with uh, this small team from where he, is, he used to live to, for me to do the Birmingham Grand Prix, one race in 3,000. So I went to do that. It was terrible because it was rain a lot. I crashed the car, but I still finished the race, but it was not very good. But Ron Toranak, who I drove for in 84 for the route team, said to me, what are you doing here? I said, Ron, I want to come back to Europe. Why? you got a life made in America. I said, I want to have a shot in Formula One. Don't know if I can make it yet, but if I'm there, I'm not going to make it. Okay, you're driving for me next year. So just by talking, in five minutes, I got a seat to drive Ron Toronac's route team in Formula 3000 in 85. I mean, in 87, I'm sorry. Yeah. So I got back to Europe and got going again. Before, before we get to Eagle, because yeah. obviously that's the reason you're here. Okay. Um, um, the Indy 500, how many starts did you have? At Three, one Three. each decade. Okay. Well, that's... 86, 98 or 99, one of the two, yeah. and 2007. Okay. What was the last one in which team? Um, 2007, it was um, a guy from Indianapolis. He only does one race. Um, okay. But, um, I mean, it, it's an amazing event. Yes. I mean, there, there's nothing like, else like it in the world anywhere. Yeah. Um, did you feel that each time you started that this is, you know, an absolute unique event? For me, it was just another race. Okay, but but, but when you when you when you look there and you see this wall of people that appear in five minutes and there'll be no one in the stands and then suddenly they're there. It's full. Uh, Indianapolis is amazing to watch. It's the only race in the world I love to watch. But to drive, it was just something... (laughs) It was just another race for me. Seriously. I remember being... I uh, qualified in 2007. Yes. After one hour testing and I hadn't been there for nine years. (laughs) I replaced somewhere at the last minute, did one hour of practice, and qualified. What engine is that? That was Ford. Nice engine you drive? It's okay. Uh, Indianapolis is fantastic as an event, unique. Like, just take for example, Penske, one of those guys that like to do everything in racing, and he just bought Indianapolis, so there's got to be a reason for that. Yeah. So, um, I mean, the extraordinary thing is, you know, every third time he goes there, he wins it. You know, yeah. He just, yeah. That's an extraordinary yeah. thing. In, in, in the 80s, it was something amazing because there were so many cars and only 33 qualified. Yeah. I mean, and the early 70s, of course, was that mess. And I, there's a particular column that Sam Posey wrote. The thing was, in one year, there was a 20-mile jump in speed. Aerodynamics, wings, and tyres. Yeah. And suddenly, the cars just came alive. And Sam Posey wrote about how in one year there was this 20 mile an hour jump in average speed. I see. Which was just an extraordinary thing to happen. By the time you were driving, certainly in the 80s, they started to understand aerodynamics and the cars were probably reasonably stable to drive? No, the cars were not very stable. Okay. You had to back off. When you're behind somebody. The cars became stable in the on the RL era. Right. Any any monkey could drive. Yeah, yeah. But in the 80s, the cars were not easy. Okay. Especially the Lola's that we chose. The marches were easier. Yes. 
was built by was designed by Adrian Newey. Yeah. The Lola's they built a, a monocoque larger and smaller side pods, so it wasn't as good. And we chose Lola's, unfortunately. So anyway, it's um, I remember having to be very careful with the throttle, and you had to go later before you turn into the corner. So it was very tricky. Yeah. Very, very tricky. Then when the RL era, that was an easy one. Did you drive for long in IRL? No, I only drove three races in IRL. Okay, who were they for? For Trusselli. Right. It was a new guy that came into IRL. He wanted to do the Indy 500 and they hooked me up with him. Yes. The, the guy who was running the Annapolis 500 race um, got his name, but he hooked me up with Trusselli for Tony me to George. race. Now, after, uh, uh, one, one step below him, Brian, getting old, Barnhart, Brian yes. Barnhart, yeah, yeah, yeah. he hooked me up with um, Trusselli because he, he knew all the teams that needed drivers yeah. and he knew that I was um, a good driver to go there and, uh, he hooked, and then we actually, we could have won that race. We, we came from 25th all the way to 5th very strong, and we broke the gearbox on the pit stop because um, the gearbox guy is, was a drunk guy, and he left the nuts with uh, no Loctite. When we opened the gearbox, the nuts were loose. We conclude our chat with Roberto Moreno next week on Inside Motorsport. Until next time round, keep smiling, and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.